being chased, thrown on the run, and it is caught. Touchdown, Keenan Allen. What a grab. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's the Warrior spirit right there, boy. Huge sack by Joey Bosa. 90-yard touchdown. 90-yard touchdown. That's going to be picked off at the 8-yard line by Derwin James. Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Knighton. Caught. Touchdown, Chargers! That's the greatest throw I've ever seen. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Thunder Down Under Chargers Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Prophet, joined always by fellow Chargers Fruit Loops, Alistair Lloyd and Jack <laughs> Reed. Gentlemen, it is an absolute joy and a pleasure to have you both on board with me today. We've got some... Well, we've got some content for you. That's what we've got. Before we get stuck into the show today, a quick thank you, as always, to the great support and feedback we've received throughout our guest series shows. Uh, we really appreciate all your kind words and um, yeah, feedback an awful lot. Uh, if you're joining us on YouTube, please take a moment right now while you're settling into the show just to hit the like button if you're enjoying what we're doing and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already to get notified because... Football season's upon us, and there's a lot of content coming your way. Now, today, the show. Unfortunately, guys, no hype, epic hype tracks or brutal Aussie quizzes this week. We do, however, uh, have football to talk about. Training camp is a week or so in. Plenty of fun sights and sounds to discuss there. But the crux of today's episode, and next week's for that matter, uh, is something that's quite special to the three of us. A little bit of backstory, uh, when we first toyed with the idea of recording our chats on the Chargers and the NFL was back sort of near the start of 2020, around the pandemic kicking off. Uh, here in Melbourne, where the three of us were living at the time, we suffered quite long and stringent lockdowns um, as part of the course for minimising the spread and all that. So without physically socialising, we took to Microsoft Teams, Zoom, to crack a few beers and talk shit essentially. Uh, covering all 32 teams at the beginning of the season. And, well, as far as uh, the recordings go, we had no idea of where to go from there. But we've come a bit of a way since then. And while we're not going to sit you through the breakdown of all 32 teams in the league, although I'm pretty sure Lloydie ha Alistair has uh, probably prepared himself for such an event, <laughs> TDU is proud to present our opponent series. Yeah. Woo! Awesome. Crack a beer. Get stuck in, guys. Yep. Cheers I'm, to uh... all of you. Uh, this week, we're going to take a look through the Chargers' NFC West and AFC South opponents for the 2022 season around the Horn style. So each of us will sort of present one of the teams that we're going to play, give a bit of an insight to the season that's passed, their off-season, um, and we'll get into uh, some predictions for the fixture when the Chargers play them. Jack, we'll get the... Uh, um, we'll get started with you, but first... Have you seen anything that's really caught your eye in training camp? Oh, the listen, there's many things. There's tweets every day. I think the, the people who are at training camp are doing a fantastic job and keeping us Aussies up to date and what's going on. The one thing I cannot miss is in every single photo of our first round draft pick of this year is the size of Zion Johnson's pipes. The man... Huge. The man is a plumber. The guy's arms are as big as a small child each. He's got he's got babies on both arms. Uh, he's clearly lost a lot of weight, I think, as well. He seems fitter. He seems stronger. And seeing those videos uh, where he's he's blocking is is just been fan 
fantastic to see. So yeah, you can't miss him. Look for Zion Johnson's pipes. I love him. Yeah, and on that same kind of on that same level, just did you see the highlights of Khalil Mack and Rayshon Slater one on one? Oh yeah, um, with, uh, I know they got their pads on. Finally, they can test each other's strength, and you saw that Mack got the better of him with leverage, but then Slater has that incredible strength just to hold oh, yeah. him. Where I would have been sent back thirty yards. Um, yeah, iron sharpens iron, so they say. Uh, the other the other obvious thing that we should mention is the Derwin James hold in. That's become a lot yeah. more uh, a lot more popular these days. It's happening around the league when a contract can't be negotiated rather than avoiding the facility. The player just stays in. It's a bit of a love fest within the facility. But uh, by all accounts, this it's not a matter of um, if, it's when. Um, the recent report from yeah. Taylor Bashotti is it might be uh, imminently. So we're expecting him to be back on the field and leading the troops as per usual, maybe with a slight pay rise since the last time he uh, stepped onto the field. What do you reckon, Andy? Uh, yeah, and just as it, um, I'm sure it's just working out the finer details. So we'll just not hold our breath. And we'll just make sure it gets done and be very thankful when it does. He's still out there. Like he was still in walkthroughs. He's still got his kid on hanging around. He's just obviously doing the sensible thing and not participating uh, mm. for fear of injury. Uh, yeah, I've loved the the Zion Johnson, just to reiterate you, there's there's plenty of guys to talk about as well. Justin Herbert's looking comfortable. He's happy to be back. He's got another off-season under his belt, which he probably, well, no doubt at least spent just studying tape and throwing the football because he's a sicko like that, and we love him for it. Um, yeah, just so much exciting stuff. All the, the, the Chargers social media team does such a great job at just getting your blood to that level and filling things up. Uh, and just getting you so so excited for the um, for the season ahead. So, uh, um, I, I, it's sad to see Drew Tranquil um, may mm. have hurt his groin. We'll touch on that. Uh, you can only pray for so long about no injuries. But yeah, um, Jack, you were going to say sorry. I, I was going to say yeah. I think MVP is the uh, the Chargers social media team. The, the All In series is is fantastic to watch. Um, that 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 provides a lot of fun. And and there's been a, I haven't gotten around to watching the 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 special that came out a couple of days ago. I think that was one. Um, but the other thing that I've been really interested in is it's clear that Isaiah Spiller's taken that second RB role. That's that's mm. from from all accounts he's getting most of the reps with the firsts and most of the reps with the seconds. So. Um, fantastic. He's obviously listened to, to Austin's challenge and gone, I'm going to take that, baby. See you later, yep. Roundtree. See you later, And me, me slagging him off every episode uh, we, we can. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's not big enough. He's not strong enough. His metrics aren't right. Blah, 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 blah. No, I reckon he's going to be all right. <laughs> uh, I did this test and these were the results and he wasn't. Is that, how I, is that how I sound, <laughs> listeners? Maybe a little bit. Um, We've just had another, it for 20 years, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another thing that's obvious to me, and this is one I feel like I'm getting right, um, Staley has a love love affair going on with Mark Webb. Loves the guy. He never misses an opportunity to praise him. And as Garrett has been giving training cap updates through the lightning round, he's been saying that they've been using him all over the place in the nickel, playing him in the slot, sort of corner outside corner, um, been ro rotating in with ones as well as the twos. So now that he's finally healthy, looks like he might get a proper chance um, to contribute. And his high school buddy, Nazir Adderley, gave him some massive praise and shout-outs at the press conference this morning. Um, and he also sounded very impressive and, by all accounts, is killing it out there. So 
it's always good stuff. It's always positive news at this time of the season. No one is really ever commenting on about how bad a certain player looks, although Jerry Tillery, there's been a, a noticeable absence of any news about him other than Zion Johnson pancake. Pancake. <laughs> Um, but the last point I'll, I'll make about training camp so far is I had an epiphany the other day. I no longer wake up in the middle of the night in this cold sweat, morbid anxiety around training camp that I'm going to click online and read that overnight a key player's torn their ACL, um, and like a la Ryan Jensen um, for Tampa. But it, it speaks to the kind of professionalism that now is, you know, throughout our organisation, the strength and conditioning staff, it seems to me there has just been a significant improvement in that respect. You don't, I, I no longer am fearful of that. I have trust in the organisation. I'm touching wood as we speak. Yeah, you rounded that out nicely because I'm so sick of hearing you say exactly what you started that out with. Um, just, it's just a mox. It's just, it's just not good. So mm. Yeah, cool. Our strength and conditioning coaching's a lot better. And Al can sleep at night. Fantastic. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> oh, golly. Well, let's um if uh oh, if, there's, 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 anything there's else... actually there's actually one more thing I want to say. Hey Bolt fam, let's ride. Oh. Hey Bolt fam, let's ride. You know hey what? Bolt fam, let's ride. Oh let's my god, ride. that was that was some of the best stuff coming out of uh trading out of the oh. social media's of training camp. I love it. Keenan Allen is taking the piss out of our uh Divisional quarterback Russell Wilson, and God, I, it's no, it's no surprise to our listeners, but we're not a huge fan of Russell Wilson. Uh, let's run. Especially his social hey. media. I respect oh. him as a footballer. Don't get me wrong. His social Super media star. is trash. Woeful. And his little, little quips, unlimited. Let's rat. Oh, he drives me insane. He's just a really annoying human in that regard. But that, that was is just that was probably up, yeah it's setting up such a rivalry. Today, it's awesome. Beautiful. Um, yeah, very, very good. Very good. Well, without further ado, let's move into the opponent series with the NFC West. Jack, take us away with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I guess it's, we sort of decided on who's getting what team a little while ago. And I guess it's kind of serendipitous that I get the homework team, the team that <laughs> needs their quarterback to do their homework. Mr. Kyler Murray, that's that's been taking off off his contract um, clearly because of the distraction it's provided. But he's getting paid; he gets what he wants. Uh, but at what cost? I sort of see. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on them. Um, I I really like the addition of Trey McBride to learn under Zach Ertz. There, I think that's going to be a really strong position for them. Um, they lose Christian Kirk, but they gain Marquise Hollywood Brown. So I'm not. I'm not sure if Hollywood Brown is kind of the receiver that's going to elevate the um, Kyler Murray to, a, to to that really really top sort of top five echelon. It, it could. I'm not. I'm not too sure. Um, offensively, I think they're going to be up there. They're going to be quite difficult to stop, even though they were. Um, uh, I mean, they were. They were. They were. Their overall offense with fit was 15th. Uh, sorry, 17th PFF grade. Um, it was their passing offense that's going to be quite challenging to stop. And, I mean, we've got the cornerback room to perhaps uh, now deal with that, that air raid um, style offense, the, the the Kingsbury air raid offense. You know, rushing their 27th, which means, you know, even if we didn't upgrade our defensive line, perhaps we could have dealt with them uh, fine in, in, in that regard. 
I don't know if I'm a fan of the Cardinals. I don't really know if I'm a fan of Kyler Murray either. I, I look at their roster and I don't see players that I particularly enjoy. Uh, I did have a soft spot for JJ Watt for a while, and he's always someone you got to scheme for. A but... long while. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, he was cool when he was at Houston. Now, I don't know. He's kind of, I mean, he's still, as I said, he's still someone you got to scheme for, but I'm not too sure. Mm. How um, he's not going to be playing 17 games, but he will be starting against us. Um, Isaiah Simmons might be quite interesting, but, but I go through and I look at their secondary and I go, uh, Byron Murphy's a fairly good quarterback. Um, Buddha Baker's serviceable. Yeah, I mean, the, the question I, I pose to you guys is can Cliff Kingsbury, you know, coach a full season or get this team through a full season? Does Kyler Murray have the ability to lead a team? Um, because all that there's two questions there because all it's all pointing towards that Kyler Murray can sometimes just be a little bit immature and you know matched with a matched with sort of a first time head coach in Kingsbury. Mm. You know, do, do they have it? I don't know. What do you reckon? Well, uh, do you want to jump in, Andy? No, you've started now. Okay. Well, I well look, I did my homework as well, unlike the uh, the QB one, and I went back and had a watch of the uh, divisional round matchup when they placed uh, sorry the wild card game against the Rams, where Kyler had that um, awful turnover in the red zone, the, the pick six, where he's worried he was going to be sacked for the safety by oh. none other than Troy Reader. Um, Chargers fans, and then sort of heaved it out there. But throughout that game, he was seriously rattled. He he does not personify the air of calm that you expect from a leader at that position. They shot to him frequently on the sidelines and he's not up there. Like for all we pay out Russell Wilson, he'd be on his feet talking to his players. Mm. They're only down about two scores in the second and Kyler Murray's sitting there, you know, he's hanging his head. So I think there are question marks about his leadership style. I don't have a lot of faith in this GM head coach combo. I cannot believe they both got extended through to 2027. That is out, out, absolutely absurd. For yeah, a, stunning, stunning, actually. Stunning, stunning. It's trying to project organisational stability where there is none, President Michael Bidwell. So, and and Kime is the luckiest man on, on earth. Oh, I swear to God. If you, if, if you look at the man's first round draft picks since 2013, it's Jonathan Cooper, Dion Buchanan, DJ Humphreys, Robert Kendiche, Hassan Reddick, Josh Rosen, then Kyler Murray's a hit, Isaiah Simmons, Saban Collins, and now they've traded for Hollywood Brown. That's a lot of whiffs in the first round, mm. and that's why they have some deficiencies in their roster, um, which I'm sure, Andy, you'll speak about in a minute, the parts of the team you think look good versus others. But um, I see a team with a lot of variability in their output because credit to Kyler Murray, it is quite impressive that you know, the, the trajectory, his young career and arc that it's taken so far. He's only been in the league three years and he really was probably the MVP leader through eight rounds, eight weeks last year. And he's, I think it's safe to say he's about a top 10 quarterback, potentially with higher upside than that. So he's a freak. He's got freakish abilities, um, but I've got a very bad sense and aura around this team throughout this offseason, just how everything's been handled from their contract negotiations to some of the problems on the roster. Uh, Andy, what do you think about the roster? When I know you spent quite a bit of time looking at it. Yeah, well, uh, first of all, I've got to agree with you. I, I made a comment 
in a knife and spoon segment a few episodes ago, dishing one out to Steve Kime in Arizona, I think regarding that trade for Hollywood Brown. Um, look, they've lost 950 snaps with Christian Kirk, um, a bunch of snaps on the offensive line. I agree with you, Jack, in the sense that Trey McBride is a good tight end prospect, but I do not agree with you at all that this was a good pick for Arizona considering the blaring holes they have elsewhere. I'm with um, you, Andy. They have lost. It's a luxury pick. It's a luxury oh, pick for a team that's question. got, got I, 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 As I said, I, I, I really like Trey McBride coming in the mm. draft. Yeah, um, man, for sure. And to learn under Zach Ertz is an, is an awesome tutelage, but... Oh, they just paid Zach Ertz. They yeah, just does does that not show yeah. like the? Does that not show the the complete and utter kind of uh, delusion that perhaps Kime and Kingsbury have? I mean, it's another weapon for Kyler, right? It's it's, an, yeah. it's hopefully someone that can come in and 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 get you know perhaps you said Andy you removed close to a thousand snaps with Christian Kirk. So mm. anyway, mm. yeah. Well, I mean, look, we'll we'll get into the Christian Kirk deal. Um, in a few teams' time when we do the next mm. division. But as I said, Max Garcia has gone from the O-line. Chase Edmonds, running back room, I think it's pretty rough to have ranked them 27, knowing what Kyler Murray can do as a dual threat. Mm. Uh, and he does make this offense incredibly potent. But And to that know, point, Andy, on, on the ground, they had the first, third most touchdowns in the league last year. They had 23 touchdowns and 2,000-odd yards rushing. James Connor kept fighting the end zone. Yeah, so to have ranked them 27th blows my mind to be honest to answer your question jack can they can cliff kingsbury get them through a whole season without deandre hopkins uh nuke hopkins for the first six weeks under a mm. PED violation the, my answer is no uh furthermore on the defensive side of the ball you've lost 600 snaps on the interior line jordan phillips Corey peters yeah huge close to 900 snaps from premier pass rusher chandler jones and you've left jj watt who I don't think he'll play 10 games personally. I think an incredible, he'll be Hall of Famer, but his body's just letting him down. Um, Jordan Hicks at linebacker is a big loss. Robert Olford at cornerback's gone. And they've drafted MyJ Sanders and Cameron Thomas on the edge. Trey McBride, as we said, is a luxury pick. Will Hernandez isn't that much chop uh, at guard. And uh, a tiny little shout out to one of my former. Well, my favorite former Charger unsung's tight end Steven Anderson is now a Cardinal. Hmm. Shame to see you head that way, mate. Yeah. But there you go. So, yeah, uh, to answer, I yeah, I think this team's a rabble. I think their defense, just run the ball up the middle on them. I think they're in trouble. Okay, rabble's interesting. Rabble's <laughs> interesting because okay, they've got they do Baker this and big linebackers, thing. but what is it? Well, that uh, let me put a question to you then. If do we think this team misses the playoffs this year? They So they clearly think they're in the window. They get Hollywood Brown, who, don't forget, he played at Oklahoma with Kyler Murray. The two have this insane connection where they connected for bombs away all this time. So Kime's gone. You know, we've got um, we've got New Hopkins and Hollywood Brown and two tight ends, and we're going to just run up the scoreboard with our air raid offense. And, you know, our defense can work it out with Vance Joseph and some exotic stuff. Do you think they're good enough to be a you know a playoff team or are they going to miss miss the boat i think because of the current lay of the land in the nfc they can scrape in because they can probably afford themselves to score more po more points than they give up because of you know their um the versatility in their offense uh, but i uh, i think 
depending on how how Trey and it depends on how Trey Lance does as well uh, for the 49ers. They've obviously we'll get into that for sure, but um, I think they can make the playoffs. Yeah, but I still think that I don't know what their defense really is, and um, yeah, they're going to give up some points. And, and you know they they started ten and one and then totally shit the bed last year. So like, what is this team? I mean, I, I find it I find it hard to believe that you know DVOA has had their defense ranked sixth in the league last year. I, it, they were good, I think. Big um, fall from and, grace this year, man. It has to be. I mean, you're losing. You know, as as you said, JJ Watts not is not the guy that plays. You know, ninety percent of your games and is is getting twenty sacks anymore. He's just not that. I mean, he's a great leader and stuff, as you said, but. Mm. Is is offense going to per per DVOA or we look at um, even the PFF? You know, but DVOA has them ranked fifteenth and PFF has them ranked seventeenth. Are they going to move up to uh, a top ten? Because I have a feeling their defense is going to drop into that into that fifteen to twenty range as well, unless they do something incredible. Uh, listen, if they want to run up the scoreboard and and do that, all the power to you, no problems. But from a Chargers perspective, I guess what we're looking at doing is just putting pressure on Kyler Murray. And I don't think the the offensive line for the Arizona Cardinals is capable of stopping that. I, I really don't. Good we, luck, we, Kelvin. Kelvin Beecham and DJ Humphreys on Joey yeah. Bosa and Kelly O'Mac. And, and yeah. you know what? And because I think we... And Ma- Bosa is so good at now because he's so used to chasing quarterbacks he's so used to chasing well he's going to be chasing russell wilson and he's been chasing patrick mahomes for the last couple of years so we know what contain looks like and on the other side you've got arguably a hall of famer um khalil mack who knows exactly what he needs to do to get to the quarterback so good luck good luck to kyla murray uh i think we win this game i think we win this game relatively comfortably i think without deandre hopkins that's a huge one um when do we play them again Week 12 uh, at Arizona. 12. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I thought we played them earlier in the season than that. That's okay. Uh, so if they got DeAndre Hopkins, but who knows with injuries. Far might out. not have All JJ right. Watt as you thought. Well, might not have JJ Watt. I, th- I think we still win this game. I, I think we win this game. I think we win this game by 10 to 14 points. Charges win. Yeah. I agree. Yep. I agree too. Okay. Lock it in. Do your homework, uh, Carla. Do your homework, yes. Carla. How embarrassing. All right, I'll take the next team. We move on to our uh, cross-city rivals, the Los Angeles Rams. And obviously last year's Super Bowl winners, they achieved everything they wanted to achieve. When I think about this iteration of LA, it's kind of all big, big city, billionaire owner, big stadium, big personality of the head coach, this real big dick energy. Um, <laughs> and and. They exude it and they have a lot of mercenaries. They were prepared to be bold and sign some stars and it worked for them. But don't let it belie the kind of the kind of macho exterior, belie the very intelligent underbelly. And before I throw to you, I think it's worth talking about what this team does schematically on both sides of the ball. So with Sean McVay, he obviously learned under Kyle Shanahan for many, many years, and he's managed to take the Shanahan offense, which is renowned for its outside zone running scheme, this wide zone running scheme where they have a lot of 12 personnel, so one running back and two tight ends, and they run a lot outside the tackles, and then off that there's a lot of play-action boot hitting crosses over the middle, and it takes a lot of pressure off your quarterback. 
McVeigh did that the first couple of years, and then he decided to basically run similar concepts, but playing a lot more 11 personnel, so three wide receiver sets. And that's where you have guys like Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham and Van Jefferson on the field at the same time. They're still running those stretch plays out to the right, and then they've just got got really good route runners. And when you upgrade from Goff to Stafford at quarterback, McVay's really good at scheming guys open off the play action pass and then hitting those deep ones with Stafford. Um, it does. Oh, I was just going to say it does. It really helps when you've got a blocking beast of a wide receiver in Cooper Cup play on. Absolutely. Yeah, it's critical. And that's what works in those schemes. You need those guys. It's so important for you to hit that block on the edge to get outside, be um, outside the tackles. The Niners do it with your Kittles and kind of Ayukes, and Cup does it for the Rams. But then on defense, they're just as ingenious because when Staley left in 2020, they were the number one ranked defense and they had this kind of exotic um, team that used a lot of disguise. And then Raheem Morris did a great job taking over from Brandon Staley. I mean, he's had head coach experience in the league. He runs a similar kind of cover two based defense. But then last year, they were the most unique defense in the NFL in terms of pre and post snap disguise with their safeties. So credit where it's due. They are at the kind of vanguard of schematics in the NFL. And if you match good coaching and scheme with great players, that's when you win the Super Bowl. You can't do it with only one of those two. So um, I want to just open to you first, Jack, about, I mean, you've now become quite familiar with Brandon Staley's um philosophy how do you see a contrast kind of between Sean McVeigh who he learned from and Brandon Staley kind of the the pupil who's now the coach of his own team that's a really good question and something that I actually vacillate and think about over quite a lot I, I find myself with the Rams I want to hate them but I can't I find the uh, uh, I think Staley, I find a lot more humble than McVeigh. Staley seems, Staley has that same energy, but he does it, I feel, in a less intense, big dick energy way. He's a lot more about family. He has those familial values that he always uh, likes to bring to the organization. So it's, it's a soft. Jack, are you saying Ukrainian supermodels are not familial? <laughs> well, I know that Sean McVeigh did say, hey, you know what? I might retire and start a family. So Sean McVeigh is the Ukrainian supermodel. He's the guy on. Um, you know, NFL documentaries that gets his shirt off and swims in the pool and and yet shows all that kind of stuff off. But he has this incredible, incredible brain that when you see him at a press conference, you just can't help but love when a reporter asks him a question and he goes, well, and he just reels off all these statistics. He's almost, he's got this uh, picture perfect memory. And I go, that's really cool. And he must do something behind the scenes that we don't necessarily see, the connection that he has with his players. I mean, you know, you've brought Jalen Ramsey into being one of the top tier cornerbacks. Perhaps he's fallen from grace or he's slowly falling from grace now. Um, and utilizing, it's, it's one thing to have great players but the really, really good operators make great players into Super Bowl winners. And as much as Aaron Donald is, I think, uh, listeners of this podcast and Andy and, and Alistair, you know me very well. I, I love Aaron Donald. I think he is going to be the best defensive player and most disruptive player uh, on defense to ever play the game. It's another thing to bring greatness out of, of, of those already great players. So in contrast, I much prefer... Staley is a teacher. He's he's kind of a bit more like me, though I could though I really really like Sean McVay. 
Good question. I, I think both. How's the both... humble brag there? Staley is a little bit, a little bit like me. No. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I say, no, I, I, what think... you mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think, I think I'd probably connect Genius. with him a little more than 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 I would a would a Sean McVay. Um, yes. But I'm sure Sean McVay would be able to twist and turn my psyche to, to make me absolutely adore him as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to flip now to 2022 in the off season that the teams just had. Andy, now's where I throw to you. So what has stood out to you from the um, off-season moves that the Rams have made, whether it be free agency or trade or the draft, any particular changes that stand out to you? Um, it, not quite a fire sale, but sort of close to it with a, a few blaring contracts. I mean, Von Miller was only a, a short stay kind of always coming in. Um, they've got rid of injury-prone Robert Woods or coming off um, serious injury last year. Whitworth retired, so a bit of offensive um, losses. Sonny Michelle as well, and Austin Corbett as well at the guard. Um, you know, they they just they don't care for draft picks, and you really can't fault Les Snead's kind of philosophy uh, as to how they replace their their players. They bring back Troy Hill, cornerback. Um, they signed Bobby Wagner uh, and Allen Robinson. I was a bit surprised, actually, most of all, which is a bit weird, but to see Johnny Hecker uh, go, I don't under, mm-hmm. I don't quite know the circumstances. I think they just cut him. Um, yeah, he, he didn't have a very good year. Fans were complaining yeah. about him. Oh, well, if that's reason to cut someone, then golly. Um, <laughs> the Chargers wouldn't have a team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just on Alan Robinson, uh, Robinson, Andy. Sorry, go on, mate. No, no, I was just going to say you've almost unstuffed me with that one. He's, he, he, he's apparently lighting it up, and he's a guy I think yeah, could be absolute oh. superstar in that offense. Yeah. He had one down oh. year, but every other year of his career, he's been a freak. He's been at Chicago. Like, come on. Oh, Jacksonville <laughs> as he? well. Yeah, who's he had throwing to him? Nobody. Yeah. Blake Bortles. Yeah, Bortles yeah. and Dalton. Yeah, Go. there's so much so much to like about this, um, this offense, and I'll thank the Rams for the Chargers pickups, Sebastian Joseph Day, First and foremost, that's a very exciting signing. And I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Troy Reader. So cheers for those ones. Mm. Um, but you yeah, look, I they're my NFC lock, I think. Um, it's pretty hard to see them just the way they go about it. And the they're good on both sides of the ball, good in special teams. They're a recipe yeah. for success. They're a good team, man. I've got, I've, I've got something. I've, I've got because we love to make predictions on this, uh, on this podcast. Because I'm gonna when I when I get the chance to hit Jacksonville, I'm gonna wax lyrical about my prediction being correct. The, you should. So I should. <laughs> okay, looking at the draft picks that the Rams have picked up this year, mm-hmm. where's Cooper Cup? So who's it going to be? Who's going to be the Cooper Cup that they pick up? Because history states that. Yes, you give away your first. The Rams are giving away their first and seconds like like anything. Where where are they going to hit? Who's it going to be that all of a sudden we're going to be talking about this time next year and going, holy crap, this guy has just come out of the woodwork and is playing and is balling for them. What say you, Alistair? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's listen, it's it's a, mm. listen, it's a complete stab in the dark, but I think it's kind of worthy. I'll give it a crack. Uh, well, the only one who's slated to start potentially is Logan um, Brust, the, the guard from Wisconsin. So in the third round, you can hit on a starting guard. It's not, you know, beyond the realms of possibility. And I know Quentin Lake, the safety out of UCLA, had a few fans amongst the 
kind of draft nerd uh, Twitter kind of group. So they're the two. But, I mean, they are in this window right now where they, they feel like they can win. They can just win for this year and maybe next year. And if they hit on some of these, great. If they don't, I think they'll take their one Super Bowl that they got last year and think anything in addition to that is just surplus. Um, mm. Lucky fans, we hope to join them this year. Uh, Andy, do you have anything you want to add before we go to predictions? Uh, no, no, I don't. Okay, well, the Chargers, the Chargers face the Rams in Week 17 on Sunday Night Football. Uh, it is, of course, at SoFi Stadium, although it's nominally a Chargers home game. I'm going to bring down the mood and suggest that this is a Chargers loss. I have a feeling that, uh, you know, there have just been a few occasions where Staley's come up against maybe a more experienced, intimidating head coach last year, and he tended to lose those games. You know, I'm thinking of the Belichicks and the Zimmers of this world. And I don't know. I just feel like coming up against his old head coach, the team might play a little tight and the Rams, like I've just got this picture of Sean McVay, like pumping the fist and um, gyrating his pelvis on the sideline. So um, yes, I'm going to say that the Rams have their way with the charges this time around. Andy. Yeah. When I looked, just flashed over some notes before I saw, Oh, week 17 Rams at charges. Gee, they could already have the division locked up. Maybe they. Oh, that's games. what I was thinking too. And yeah, then I've yeah, gone. Yeah. Oh, hang on a minute. There's actually 18 games in a season now, and I think, I think you're right. I do think we take an L in this game. Um, to think that we could win because they rest some stars uh, is not really the mindset I like to be in. But I'm pretty realistic with these sort of things. Oh, I think with my head, not my heart. Um, and I think we take a W here at SoFi, which makes our position ranking heading into the playoffs a little sticky. Jack? I I, I have a bit of a negative mindset around this game as well. However, I think that we win this and we win it purely because I think Sean McVay, the team is experienced. And yeah, I, I like you, Andy, was going... It's later in the later in the season. Perhaps they could not. Perhaps the Rams might be resting some stars. They might have the division locked up. They might be thinking about you know their um, their division around playoffs and things like that. I think we do take a win because, and this is going to sound this is going to sound bad because we've got we're going to have more to play for at, in that in this game coming up. I think we're going to be borderline in that playoff window. So I don't think we're clinching the necessarily clinching our division. I think it's going to be very, very tight. And I think we will take the win, hopefully to cement a wildcard spot. And that's so that's my thinking. So it's, it's a positive, but also I think it's a little bit of a negative because I think winning this division, our division this year is going to be very difficult. So that's what I predict. Okay. Oh. Nice, Jack. Well, I like I like the optimism. Um, I th I think you're actually pretty realist, pretty fairly realistic with the. It's not going to be as many W's. Kind of, we're not going to win every game, sort of thing. All right. Well, if there's nothing more on the Rams, I'm going to move right along to the Seattle Seahawks. 2021 saw them go five and twelve. They lost Russell Wilson for a month, and then for the rest of his career. Um, <laughs> we play them in. You week pre seven. You've been prepping that one all week, haven't you? No, actually, that just that just 
like an ace out of my sleeve. That's, whew, that's um, crazy. Yeah, far crisper than his social media. I'll double down. Um, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we play. We play. Yeah, we play them week seven, the week before our buy. Uh, they they had a bit of a brutal campaign in 2021, as I said. Never never seemed to get a rhythm going. Wilson hurt his hand, and it was a bit sort of too little, too late. There were injuries everywhere. Um, on the defense, we see Ken Norton, the defensive coordinator, leave. They got rid of DJ Reed, uh, Akello Witherspoon, in the cornerback room of note. Uh, Bobby Wagner, as we said, just moved off to the Rams. Yeah. Offensively, they've traded out Russell Wilson. Dwayne Brown's gone. Brandon Shell, two tackles. Center, Ethan Pochich. Pochich, sorry. Uh, tight end, Gerald Everett heads to the Chargers. Um, internally, uh, as far as additions go on the defense to replace Ken Norton, they've internally promoted Clint Hurt. He was formerly Seattle's assistant head coach and defensive line coach. They've also brought in from Chicago uh, associate head coach and defensive coach uh, kind of overseer, uh, Sean Desai, which I think is probably is going to be quite an interesting um, little story how that pans pans out considering Pete Carroll's 1,000 years old and has been chewing the same piece of gum since 1996. Um, He's also Staley's buddy, Sean Desai, their mates. Yeah, cool. We'll probably spend a bit of time together in Chicago. Um, They get Shelby Harris and Noah Fant, through the trade with uh, for Wilson, uh, not that many other notable kind of additions. Uh, Drew Locks, their quarterback. Sorry, he was part of the trade as well. He's forgettable. Um, Yuchenna Nuosu, obviously former Charger on the edge, has signed with the Seahawks as well. Look, uh, as I said, I think the defensive kind of overseeing is going to be the most interesting. Pete Carroll's been running his base three four kind of overseeing that when you have you've had he's had Gus Bradley in there during the Legion of Boom um and now Sean Desai comes in he runs sort of a three four split safety a lot of quarters um defense he spent some time obviously in Chicago with Fangio and Chuck Pagano um yeah look I I think even though they've internally promoted Clint Hurt he's gone from an assistant head coach just to sort of the the defensive coordinator and I I, I use sort of bunny ears quotations for that because I think Sean Desai is probably the guy that's more likely to take over from Pete Carroll. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of, for me, the story of there's not too much to look forward to on the field. You've got kind of a wasted top receiving wide, uh, wide receiver duo uh, Metcalf and Lockett. Um, Oh, sorry. Another big story for um, another big thing to look out for is going to be Kenneth Walker. The third, the 2021 Doak Walker, uh, award winner for the best college running back of the hmm. year. Um, obviously, Chris Carson's retired from that neck injury. And how many games is Rashad Penny going to play? Or well, we'll sort of see about that. Um, look, uh, I mean, you know, I'm going to I'm going to ask it, Jack. Considering um, the outlook for this team isn't great. And Pete Carroll's quite a stubborn guy. Do you see any disharmony potentially heading to a head coach firing in Seattle this year? I have this theory that Pete Carroll is actually Roy Scheider. And if you don't know who Roy Scheider is, if you think of Jaws, he's the main character in Jaws. And I, I just think they're, they're sort of, they look alike. That's so good. Uh, that, yeah. And so 
when I think of Seattle, I think of Jaws and I think of Roy Scheider and I think of Pete Carroll being Roy Scheider. Russell Wilson's been eaten by the shark. Chris Carson has clearly been eaten by the shark. I have a feeling this this team is going to be eventually eaten by a shark. I think they've got some really good pieces. I I, I think they're sort of future proofing. I don't know if DK Metcalf is going to have even half the year that he that he had last year because I don't think Geno Smith or Drew Lock can actually <laughs> get him the ball. Uh, well, the problem with think- this shark is it's got lockjaw, and uh, we've <laughs> seen a lot of Drew Lock, and he's fucking hopeless. And that's the thing, right? So we know Drew Lock very well. The shark might eat Drew Lock. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that Pete Carroll might be setting up uh, maybe not a firing because I think what he's done for that team and what he's done for that city and his relationship with Schneider, which is not sometimes the best. I think they'll figure something out where he walks away into the sunset um, with some decent pieces on both the offensive and defensive side. So, yeah, I, I don't think the, the the outlook for this team is particularly good. But given who Pete Carroll is and his, and his sort of, you know, the, his time at USC and how much of a football guy he is, I don't think a firing is 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 in line with this year. No, because think... it's like he's won the power struggle in a sense. I mean, yeah, he has, Wilson, yeah. Wilson's gone and they've kind of, they've committed to uh, Pete Carroll's approach with a new era. They're completely changing their defense. It's a new scheme. It's a new style of defense. They were used to playing a lot of cover three, but now they're going to play a lot of quarters, as Andy said. As we've seen, that first year in a new defense can, can really... Um, take a while for the team to gel and learn what they're doing. So I expect a defense that already wasn't very good to, to struggle quite a bit this year. The offense yeah. has some some weapons, but not necessarily a quarterback to get the ball to them. I really can't believe they're going into the season with either Drew Locke or Geno Smith. I probably feel relatively different about this team if they pulled a trade for a Jimmy G, uh, something, something that showed yeah. or had all they gone with Baker Mayfield, it might not have made them any kind of a contender or anything like that, but they may have been able to fight for an NFC wildcard spot or at least mm. have more than that five, six or seven wins, which I think they're stuck right in that area with if they truly head into the season with Locke or Geno under center. All I'll say positive about this team is I thought they had a nice draft. As yeah, Andy said, I agree I, with that. Yeah, Charles Walker, Cross, yeah. I think is good. Yep. Yeah. Boye Marfe uh, off the edge and Abraham Lucas is a kind of plug and play right tackle potentially um, who they got at a reasonably nice position in the draft. But they're a team who really want to run the ball and they've got Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas who are both hmm. who both excel in pass protection more than in run blocking. So there's hmm. just something there that maybe isn't, yeah, isn't that was a, working right for me. That, yeah, that was a big point is... That was big knocks on both of those guys in terms of their coming out of college. Well, um, Charles Cross played an air raid in Mississippi State, and, yeah, Lucas's massive knock was inferior footwork and being able to sort of move out into space. So, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, just to touch on what you said in terms of Pete Carroll kind of won the power battle, if he's convinced the, the franchise that these quarterbacks are okay and enough and they win four games. I mean, they've got mm. an awful division to play in. They've got the AFC West to play against. I think they play the Jets, Detroit, Atlanta. Um, off the top of my head, someone else not great. But I only really and the sorry, the Giants and the Panthers. We've got McVay with well. us on the podcast. Just the savant. <laughs> um, their their potential potential 
winnable games. The, the NFC West is a bit weird with, you know, there's always one team that's crap that beats a good team. And um, But I, I only really see the Falcons being the the almost sure, the closest thing to a sure thing for them this year. Everything else mm-hmm. is going to be a battle. And um, it sucks. So, but it's but it's set up right. I mean, if if Carroll does have an, uh, has won that power battle and he he's not going to ride off into the sunset anytime soon, I think it's on the horizon. They've got mm-hmm. a whole, they've got a war chest of picks to go o- over the next number of years. And so, you know, is it you? Do, do you use those to uh, to trade for a quarterback next year when you have when you've got a little more development from uh, your your draft this year? You know what you're d- you're doing with. I mean, geez, who wouldn't want to throw to uh, DK Metcalf, you know, who wouldn't want to sure. throw to Tyler Lockett? Um, and, and and I think Noah Fant, we we haven't touched on him, but I, I have always liked Noah Fant. Um, I thought he I thought he's quite a handy player um at Denver. He was he was tossed into the trade there too. So hmm. I mean you've still got Jamal Adams at strong safety. Uh, yeah, there are building blocks there. And and if it's a two-year thing where you know what, we will go with Geno Smith and Drew Locke, get some time into these young guys. We've said to DK Metcalf, we'll give you a big contract, mate. Um, but just stick with us for three or four years. We, we're going to get you to someone. We're going to get you someone to throw the ball to. Uh, sorry, we're going to get you. Uh, we're going to get you someone to throw the ball to you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe Pete Carroll is building towards a that you know 70, taking that seventy three years old or something though. Like, fuck. Uh, that sharks and that sharks coming. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> right, uh, predictions. Well, yes, I'm in a. Yeah, on first glance of our schedule this year, I penciled this one and the Falcons in immediately. So I'll stick yep. by that. I think it's going to get ugly. Um, Not for us. This... Oh, for Seattle. Yeah, for the Shedarks. So, yep, win for the Chargers. Yep, I, oh. I actually, I actually think yep. it might be a ugly game. I have a feeling it might be a bit of an ugly game. Low standards uh, kind of stuff. Yeah, low standards mm. in in the trenches, kind of really shitty i think pete carroll always has some kind of weird psychological thing but i think it's a win i just don't think it'll be particularly fun to watch yeah real play down to their level kind of areas and mm. uh it is in week seven and it's the last game before the charges buy at uh sofi stadium i predict also that it will be a win for the charges at least it's not in the rain in seattle so yes mm. take that Absolutely. All right, Jack, the San Francisco 49ers to round out the NFC West. Yeah. I mean, there's been some big noise out of uh, San Fran last couple of days. Obviously, Debo Samuel has signed a massive contract. And you know what? Good on him. I think he's up there with one of he he's one of the actually as a pure fan just watching it he is super exciting whenever he touches the ball. Um, the, the contract details of that is he playing more of a wide receiver than he is running back? What's the go there? Who knows? I'm glad he's still on this team because I think Kyle Shanahan uses him really well. I, I was a bit worried that he might yeah. go to a team that doesn't use him as well and therefore won't be as exciting. So um, good on John Lynch for getting that deal done. Though I do think that kind of perhaps means that Jimmy Garoppolo is very much on the market. Uh, I'm not sure how much money is is left in there. Um, I haven't done the over-the-cap numbers for them, but uh, that's the quarterback battle. Is it going to be Jimmy G or Trey Lance? All signs at the moment are pointing to Trey Lance starting. Personally, I don't think I've seen enough from Trey Lance to, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, to say, is he taking this team to the to, to the playoffs? Jimmy G can take a team to a playoffs. He just does one or two things per game 
that are absolute coach and organization killers. Some of those interceptions that he throws when he really shouldn't as an experienced quarterback, absolutely, I think have really haunted this team for a number of yeah. years. So perhaps it's a bit of a legacy thing with Jimmy G. It's time to get him out of the building. He's done what he needs to do. Um, and let's see what happens with Trey Lance. The biggest off-season loss, I think, for the organization is Mike McDaniel. I've seen enough of that guy down in um, Miami to just go, that guy's just, he's cool, man. He's, yeah. I think when you talk, Alistair, when you talk about the the, the difference between Staley and Mike McDaniel, uh, sorry, and, uh, uh, McVay, and, uh, McVay. and McVay, I think Mike McDaniel fits right in between them. Mm, he's he's, agree he's with switched you. on, really, really switched on. He's got that really cool vibe where Staley can be maybe a little bit lame. Uh, I reckon Mike McDaniel will do really well down there, um, but we might touch on that on a later podcast. So is the combination of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, um, you know, you've got Chris Forster and Bobby, is this, is it Slovic or Slovic? I think, is that how you pronounce that name? Yeah, whatever you want, mate. Slovic. Um, say whatever not you listening. <laughs> um, come in to... That's not listening. <laughs> come in to, to replace Mike McDaniel at the OC position. We know Kyle Shanahan has his fingers all over that offense um, and, and the way that they run the ball. So I don't think uh, losing McDaniel perhaps might be as impactful as you as we see on the field. I think organizationally it might have more of an impact. But Can I say though, Jack? Oh, you're about to go. Hold on. Right. But Leash. the one thing we've got to remember and the biggest, the, the most important part of the 49ers organization is the assistant head coach and the running in the running back room is our man Anthony Lynn. He's there. He's got a job. Good on him. Well done. Good on you, Bloody sir. Yeah. Good. Good to see you there, Alistair. What say you? That's about as disingenuous a rev up as I reckon I've ever heard. But it, oh, we wish him not the best. halfway through that. That was good. I was going to say on McDaniel to um, to piggyback off what you were saying. Do you know this is the first time that Shanahan's been without McDaniel since 2010. Hmm. Oh, I did not know that. Wow. Okay. They have followed each other. He's followed him everywhere from Washington to Atlanta without Matt Ryan, great season to the Niners. He's the assistant. He wanted to let go the least he's taken like trying to prevent him getting head coaching roles. And they say he really co coordinated that famous kind of running game that they're renowned okay. for. All right. So we will so... see. It does seem like Shanahan has the Midas touch. He calls the plays and has an amp outstanding feel for when to pull the levers. Um, but they're just a great offense. I mean, they were first in the league in net yards per attempt last year. So that's everywhere Shanahan goes, that happens. Matt Ryan was about nine yards per attempt in that MVP season, 2017. Yeah, and even yeah. with Jimmy G, they're number one in net yards per attempt. Um, they like to run the ball a lot, the fifth most rushing attempts in the league last year. Um, I want to give some uh, praise to D'Amico Ryan's who had to take over Robert Sulla's role, which couldn't have been too easy, but I thought he did an incredible job last season. They play a lot yeah. of cover four under D'Amico Ryans, and they were, it's kind of the exact profile that you want to see. So they were 29th in the league for blitz percentage. So they barely ever blitz, but they had the sixth most sacks. So they just like to rush with four, and they find a way yeah. to get home without having to blitz. Oh, I mean, it helps with the cattle that they've got on that defensive line and what they've had for a number of years. But anyway, that's by the by. Yeah, well, it might speak to the twists and the stunts and the games up front that he's maybe calling rather than your Jonathan Gannons out in um, Philly who just kind of don't do much of, of interest. So credit to D'Amico Ryans. Uh, 
Trey Lance is obviously the big question for this team. Everyone knew coming out that he might take a while because he only had 19 starts as a college quarterback. Um, but in those 19 starts, he had 30 touchdowns and one interception. So he's, and he's very toolsy, right? He's, he's an incredible athlete. Mm. So the hope for him is obviously that he's had that year to sit now and whether they actually want him to start this year or there's some organization in, uh, organizational imperative that he must start, either way, we're going to find out what does this team look like with a different, more athletic type of quarterback under center. And all the rumors are that John Lynch wanted Trey Lance, um, Shanahan actually wanted Mac Jones, and that kind of John Lynch ran uh, one out on that. It's interesting. Hey, 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 Alistair, you know, you know who was also really good in college? Ryan Leaf. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. It's true. Johnny, Johnny football. So, yes. Uh, but, but this, yeah, I mean, of course, yep. we can look at quarterbacks to, uh, in there. And he played for a small school, career. Jack, to your point. North Dakota State didn't play a lot of top competition. They fell in love with his skill set. I mean, Mac, Mac Jones make Mac Jones makes sense because he's more of a Jimmy G than Trey Lance. And if you're looking mm. for that, you know, you're looking at we're looking for that pocket passer. That if you know, as you said, Shanahan turns, you know, Jimmy. Well, who was it? Matt Ryan was averaging, you know, nine yards per pass attempt. You need that distributor, um, and and arguably Matt Jones fixed that. Trey Lance to me seems like more of the the rushing. Big, yeah, you're capping it. You're big bodied rusher, you know, big, big arm, strong arm. So fascinating, really fascinating. Yeah, I think that actually kind of adds to the 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 run game. Having the the dual threat, he's more he's more of a, a foot demon than Jimmy G could ever be. So when you're running that wide zone, you you play a lot of play action. It's actually a scheme that makes the passing game easier for the quarterback. So if you've got concerns about it's like why Jimmy G sort of succeeded to a degree, he made it to uh, make it to the Super, yeah, he made it to the Super Bowl, like mm. because it's script, it's designed to make it easier for you. You've got a, a guy that can take the top off. Uh, you've got a lot of crossing in uh, intermediate routes. You've got an incredible, awesome wide zone running running scheme. I actually think that adding Trey Lance, if he's if he's comes good, I think it's a, a good scheme for him to develop into. And to be able to utilize his um, attri- uh, good attributes, I, I think one of the safest bets that I could put in last year was Jimmy G uh, over rushing yards. I think it was always about two point five or three point five a game. You always whack that in there. He'd always hover around that five or six, and uh, I, th- I think that was one of the safest bets. So you're right, Andy. I, th- I think it's. I think what's you know physically. Trey Lance has it all. It's it's what you want. It's your, your Kaepernick, but does he have it upstairs? That's the question, and I can't remember seeing that. Um, yeah, it's not in, much in of a sample of space for him, is it? Yeah. Um, the other the other one I wanted to touch on is that I actually really like Drake Jackson coming out of uh, USC. He goes on to a very very strong uh, defensive line with Armstead Kinlaw and obviously our um, our much beloved Bosa Little brother bear. Nick. Yeah. So I'm really and Samson Ebercom is 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 a really good um, yep. I think is is really good depth there. Fred Warner we know, um, but there is uh, listeners of the podcast. I love a good name, and I think their starting strong safety or could be their starting strong safety, Talanoa Hufanga. I think uh, great name. I have no idea if he's going to. Just be makes it or feel or good to say it. Good, but what a what a great name. Starting yeah. last year wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he was. Tidy. Um, 
that I, I did have another couple of questions if I wanted to throw it out or we could sort of move on. It depends. Go away, man. Quick fire. The other one, I guess, for, to throw it out, I'll go to you, Andy. Is Debo Samuel worth it? Oh, I'm really torn. Obviously, he's an incredible athlete. He's produced. But I don't like this attitude of, yeah, but I don't want to do something that you want me to do. I don't want to use part of my skill set. I don't like that attitude. Ultimately, that doesn't wash out in the in the in the deal. It's he gets paid seventy three and a half million dollars over three years. Fuck, that's a lot of money. Fifty eight and a half point one guaranteed. He's worth it if they win a Super Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I as I said, I have a soft spot for Debo. Um, Alistair. Oh, sorry, Andy. Nah, I'll I'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, I won't won't put my foot in it. Um, Alistair, I'll give you some DVOAs, and uh, obviously they're uh, the the ranking of uh, San Francisco, and you can either go, it goes, you move, they'll move forward, they'll go up the rankings, they'll stay where they are, or they'll drop. So yep. I, I just wanted to get your quick fire thinking on these. So offense sitting at fifth, down. Defense sitting at seventh per DVOA, down. Special teams, 26th in the league. Pretty safe to say up. And overall, DVOA, 6th in the league. Uh, down. Ooh, okay. So you're kind of thinking that they're going to finish 3rd or 4th in the in the NFC West then? I think they're a good team. I just I don't have, uh, you know, I'm not willing to, to kind of put myself out there for Trey Lance. I just haven't. Haven't seen it yet. It is a risky mm. kind of move. I very much trust the coaching staff. I do feel like on defense, they lost a little bit. Um, you know, Arden Key had a good year for them. DJ Jones, good against the run. Um, yeah, DJ Jones, yeah. And look, I think they'll be there about. Don't get me wrong. They could feature deep in the playoffs. But if you're asking me to bet, oh, they're both, they're pretty high. They're pretty high um, rankings from last season. I think they'll slightly come back to the pack. Regression to the mean, as the, the, the analytics buffs <laughs> like to say. Okay. Um, are we winning this? Are we losing this? Alistair? Uh, we face them in week 10 in San Francisco on Sunday night football, and we're going to lose this game. Oh, and okay. we're going oh. to lose this game because I'm worried about our linebackers. Um, <clears throat> probably the hardest part about the Shanahan scheme is the strain they put on your linebackers and your safeties. Especially more if you want run a single high defensive look, but definitely the linebackers, you cannot bite on that boot action. And it's possibly the weakest part of our team. I just don't love it. I just don't love the the fit and the matchup. So, so I'm gonna go so with the So you're minus. saying so you're saying that we get our Levi's pulled down and spanked on the bottom. Your words, not mine. <laughs> Even though it's not called Levi Stadium anymore. Anyway, Andy, yeah. what do you reckon? I'm gonna take a W here. I just think we'll be uh, too good for the 49ers away from home. I have the faith in this one. Yep. And yeah, I I do think I do. I actually agreed with you on Al uh, with you on the drop in uh, offensive and defensive DVOA. And overall, I do think they're going to sort of regress a little bit back uh, potentially even finish third in their division. Thanks mate. There you go. I, I think, I think we take a win in this one. 
Uh, I look at George Kittle. I look at Trent Williams. I look at the injury history of Nick Bosa now. A bit unfair maybe because he's only had one year. I look at the injury history of Debo Samuel. He's available but can get injured. So I, I reckon we take the W in this one. I think it'll be a tight game, but it will come down to quarterback play. And honestly, who do you want? Trey Lance, Jimmy G, or do you want the GOAT? And let's all say that we want Herbie fully loaded. The GOAT. Awesome. All righty. That wraps up the NFC West. Let's jump straight into the AFC South. So, kicking us off the AFC South with the Indianapolis, Indy, Indy, Indy what? Indianapolis Colts, Alistair Lloyd. Thank you, Andy. Uh, <laughs> so, so last last season, the Indianapolis Colts started like a house on fire, really got the fan base excited, and then finished with one of the all-time clunkers. And I still have not been able to catch, catch the uh, in-season hard knocks. I need to find a way to watch that to see the way they went out with a, a really soft fart against the Jacksonville Jaguars, losing... <laughs> 26 to 11 with everything on the line, miss out on playoffs. It was just a really diabolical finish. It's almost like a soft, wet fart as well. Yeah, shocking. Yeah, it was, ter- it was just it's terrible. Dax kind of fart. It's full, <laughs> full shit, if you ask me. However, they've managed to wash and clean their undies because they offloaded Carson Wentz. And I've, I've also never seen an owner come out and just slag off the quarterback. Um, the way Jim Ursay did, that was absurd. So he's even though Wentz, he, yeah, he's prepared to put, yeah, he's prepared to kind of voice his opinion. And his, his um, kind of box score stats are misleading. Wentz had 27 touchdowns to seven interceptions last year. On paper, that no, sounds like a... Really? Yes, really. Jeez, I wouldn't believe that if you told me. I know. Me. Wow. But, but it was the way, like, he takes a lot of sacks... And there are some forced fumbles in there. And it's kind of the moments when he has stinkers that really hurt him down the stretch. And he's got this, again, a bit of a strange leadership style. Um, What I want to talk about with the Colts is the obvious, which is their move at quarterback to sign uh, the 37-year-old version of Matt Ryan. They trade him with two years left on his deal for a third round pick and his salary, he's due 18.7 million this year and then 35 million next season. So they've got him for two years. Hmm. Last year with Atlanta, he had his lowest passing yardage since 2010. So he came in under 4,000 yards just. He had 20 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. PFF thought his grading was 17th out of the 37 quarterbacks they graded. So about middle of the pack in a fairly bad situation, I should say. Mm. But what? But his best-graded games are against teams like Washington and the Jets and the Lions. So my question to you is, what should Colts fans reasonably expect from this version of Matt Ryan? Uh, can he make the Colts a deep playoff contender, Jack? Oh, God. he's Unfortunately, his situation in Atlanta last year was like the Eureka Stockade and Layla uh, fighting there, losing an arm and still trying to lead a, a bunch of troops against the bloody Redcoats. Poor guy. I felt really sorry for him. I I have a really soft spot for, for Matt Ryan. I think a 37-year-old Matt Ryan is better than an anytime Carson Wentz. I think Matt Ryan will elevate the offense. I think he's a, he's a great leader. He speaks really well. 
I think he's going to get along really well with Frank Reich. Frank Reich has a great um, presence. He's one of my favorite people to listen to. Alistair, I know he's one of yours as well. I'm not a huge fan of Gus Bradley. Not from uh, the Chargers. I, I'm not sure if his defensive scheme, that that three high uh, defensive scheme is necessarily getting it done in the, in the league um, and, and what we see in offenses today. But I think, listen, they finished nine and eight and second in the AFC South. I, I think Matt Ryan could push them to 11 wins. I, I really could. And yeah. you've got Nick, Nick Foles there. I, I, I like him. I like it. I, I, I do. Good, good Matt Ryan. I, I hope. I've Philip Rivers went to Indianapolis. Soft spot for them. Always had a bit yeah. of a soft spot. What, what say you, um, Andy? Yeah, it's it's a really good question. I, I've always had a an agreeable soft spot for Matt Ryan, but he's thirty seven years old, and the most exciting weapon you've got aside from arguably the best back in the league, Jonathan Taylor, is the wide out drafted from Cincy, Alec Pierce. Um, sure, you, like your Michael Pittman's and Moe Cox's can make plays, but you've got a new starting left tackle, the Austrian Bernard Ryman. Ryman. Um, Ryman. Eric Fisher's gone. Ugh. What's reasonable to expect as a Colts fan? Yeah, Paris Campbell uh, can't stay healthy. Mm. Nah, man. Uh, and on a defense where you've now, you're now, as you said, instituting cover three, Gus Bradley system, your best player is a linebacker on defense. Um, you've got Stefan Gilmore, who's got an injury history. Brennan face on. God, give me a spell. I'm really concerned. But I think that the level, I think the, that this division is going to, the top are going to come down and the bottom well, one of the bottom might go up a little bit. So I think it's going to equal out a little bit. I don't think, I think you're off your, off your block. If you're a Colts fan and you think a deep playoff run is on the cards here, I just get off the pipe. I think you've just, no, I don't, I don't think it with the, with the loadedness of the AFC, mm. oh, maybe, maybe you get lucky and win a, a wild card round. And I think Andy, what's kept them up there so much is that when Eberflus was in town, the defense just played really tough. Like yeah, no miss, ninth in the league last mm, year for points conceded. They had the second most turnovers generated in the league, and they had the third least missed tackles. He's mm. just a coach who really drilled that defense, and they all loved him and played for him. And now let you go, Darius Leonard play, just let play. The guy is a fucking turnover machine, right? And now. New scheme, Gus Bradley, who played cover six at a sorry, he played cover three at a league high sixty one percent of downs last season, the Ugh. most by a mile. The next highest was forty six percent of downs. So he's in a world of his own in terms of the three deep shell. It's a, quite a conservative way to play defense, and I just wonder if they're going to maybe struggle more than Colts fans think on that side of the ball. Hmm. I think, or to to take a a page out of Bucky and Jeremiah's, uh, listen, Matt Ryan's a truck. He's definitely not a trailer. And you can say that Carson Wentz is a trailer. Carson Wentz just doesn't exude, as you said, the numbers. Like, that's why I said I was, there's a bit of cognitive dissonance. I'm going, hold on. Wentz is throwing 20 touchdowns, but only seven. Hold on. But when you watch him, it's just panic, 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 turnover. Panic, 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 uh, uh, yards for loss. Are they so, even going to ask him to be a truck in this in this system, Jack? 
They might not even need him to be a truck. It might be Jonathan Taylor pushing for 2,000 yards in a season kind of areas. Well, yep. well, I think I think he can be a truck in different ways. So okay. Matt Ryan brings the experience. Matt Ryan brings the MVP. Matt Ryan brings the calm head under center. Matt Ryan is the guy that when the, when the, the game is on the line, he knows what to do. He knows how to uh, hurry it up. He knows how to slow it down. Carson Wentz unfortunately doesn't know how to do that. And I think when you've, when Jonathan Taylor's got someone under center that can actually read and perhaps um, make adjustments on the fly to, to maximize his skill set. And don't forget, you've still got Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly sitting there. So, you know, you've still got some of the, some of the best big boys in the league, arguably the best big boy in the league in Quentin Nelson. So yeah, a deep player for no, but I think they'll be frisky. I think they'll be frisky. Uh, all right. Result predictions. Oh, also, I want to say, I think Quiddy Pay might be a making the leap candidate on defense. Had a very good rookie season. Um, I hope watch, so. I, yeah. I hope so because uh, I've invested in a couple of his NFTs. So hopefully okay. it does and they, uh, they increase in price. Yes, baby. All right. Chargers play <laughs> yeah, the Colts. Week 16, Monday night football. And I'm back on uh, the winning train now. I think the Chargers win this game. Very important time of the year and big time game. Um, it is in Indianapolis at what it, oh, it might be called Lucas Oil Stadium. Lucas Oil. Uh, uh, in a dome. We're used to playing in that kind of environment. I think we'll be okay. I'm going to tip the Chargers to win this one. What about you, Andy? Yeah, I'm tipping us to win this one as well. I like Jack? It. Yep, I agree. The last time we saw a Chargers quarterback play in a dome such as this was a very, very fun day. So, uh, yeah, I reckon we win this. But I also think it's going to be a real test to our defensive line to keep Jonathan Taylor under 100 yards. Yep. That's going to be a great litmus test. Mm. Well said. Good call. Good call. Right. Well, moving right along to the Tennessee Titans. I'll take over this one. We've seen, uh, yes, a lot of a uh, lot of news with the surrounding the Titans, especially on draft day. Um, Let's take a look. Last year, they lost in the divisional playoff round in a very forgettable moment for Ryan Tannehill to the eventual playoff losers, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, key departures, 12-5 and five on the season. Um, considering the, the injury to Derrick Henry, I, I think... I think that's a pretty good result. They won a, a few close ones that you probably didn't expect them to win. Um but key departures on that offense are damning. AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Chester Rogers to a lesser degree, but that's almost 1,500 snaps at wide receiver. Then you've got Anthony Frisker, Michael Pruitt, almost 900 snaps at tight end, gone. Roger Saffold, David Questenberry, that's 850 and close to 1,200 snaps respectively out the door. Uh, on defense, Jack Rabbit Jenkins is gone. Jayon Brown, Rashawn Evans, the linebackers, and Dane Cruikshank was actually quite a handy um, safety. They bring in Robert Woods off a serious injury last year. Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper, I don't mind the signing. Uh, Jamarco Jones, Zach Cunningham is a run defense beast, but pretty rubbish in coverage as a linebacker. And you get Caleb Farley back. Mm. Um, you hope. Yeah, you yeah. hope. Yeah, you, you do. Uh, their draft was also a bit interesting for me. Obviously, taking a wide receiver when you trade out AJ Brown in the first round um, sort of made sense. I don't know if Traylon Burks is uh, an apt replacement, but, you know, 
You would just can only give him a chance. Then they draft Kyle Phillips, the other wide receiver. Hassan Haskins, I don't mind at what at running back, considering Derrick Henry's coming off an injury. He's 29. Um, then it sort of surprised me a little bit uh, that they drafted Malik Willis in the third round. Um, mm-hmm. quarterback. So that's going to be an uh, interesting little thing to watch. Um, I like Roger McCreary, the cornerback, and Chiga Conquo, the tight end. Um, could be quite handy, but it's, you know, there's just, it's almost like a complete offensive rebuild, really. Um, yeah, look, we discovered that Tannehill is quite flawed in that, that, um, that loss. Uh, in-house drama surrounding AJ Brown. Um, you know, Coach Vrabel's coming off Coach of the Year. He runs that attacking 3-4 Belichick in style of defense. Uh, it's the second year for his disciple Shane Bowen at defensive coordinator and second year for Todd Downing, another Shanahan wide zone scheme operator. Not quite Arthur Smith, and you could sort of see a bit of a, mm. a downgrade in the offense after Arthur Smith headed to Atlanta. Um, but obviously had a pretty bad run with availabilities with, you know, Henry going out. Julio Jones was hardly available. Um, look, like I said, I, I see I see a bit of a, a drop-off, um, especially on offense on this team. Uh, as far as defense goes, Vrabel does some some cool stuff. He stunts really well, runs yep. – it looks like a more traditional sort of 3-4 um, front, but he's he's – Defensive ends are, are more bigger bodied, sort of more three, four DTs. Mixes in his blitzes really well. Um, but look, uh, yeah, I what, I guess, Jack, what do you sort of see as the, the ceiling for this this Titans team this year? Uh, you're right about Vrabel. Vrabel's probably one of my, again, some of my more favorite He's head fun, coaches he? to watch and listen to. Yeah, I really like him and I fun. love it. I, lo- I, I can, the way that he beat the Patriots in in that in that. Oh game, yeah, I will always mm. always remember that with sheer bliss and the and Derek so, Henry fake pass for the touchdown. In, amazing, oh, yeah. amazing, and I mean you know, I will always respect him for that. So he, he's one of my favorites. So listen, I think they're going to be around the mark again. Uh, you know, th- we we do lose you know Brown and things, and Tannehill is flawed. I think we've always known that. Um, but I, I still look at the defense and I go, Jeffrey Simmons is, is one of my favorite players to watch too. Oh, yeah, um, I, I love, I love Kevin Byard there at free safety. He's, he's Freak. just a jet around the field. Vrabel does really well with what he's got. Ryan Tannehill never really was meant to be the guy because you've got an absolute predator at running back in Derek Henry. So, um, I think hopefully we can that they can get back to more of what Vrabel uh, wants, which is Tannehill throwing the ball less. Tannehill play action pass. Uh, he's really good at that. To be fair, he's, to fant- he's fantastic yeah, yeah. at play action. Yep. So, um, I, I but I mean realistically, when you don't have Derek Henry, Henry in the backfield, your, your play action goes to absolute poo. So. Um, yeah, no, I, listen, I think they're going to be around the mark again. I think they're always going to be a difficult team to play against. Mm. Uh, you know, Tennessee is great, is, is a really, really, there's a great atmosphere in the, in, in the music city. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're going to be around the mark and just a shout out, uh, one of my favorite tackles in the draft, uh, to go a little later was Dylan, uh, Redunce or Redunce. So, um, he's going to learn off Taylor Lewan there. Um, and Taylor Lewan's always a fun interview, uh, mm. 
can a little bit volatile sometimes when he's playing, can give away a few penalties and things. But um, yeah, what say you, Alistair? Titans fans rightfully get pissed off about how down the national media are, media are about them. They were the number one seed in the AFC last year, and they don't seemingly get much respect. Their, their record always belies their grades on PFF and the way they're spoken about. And there is a skill, I'm finding out as a Collingwood supporter, there is a skill in just w- in winning and having a winning mentality and mm-hmm. culture. And the Titans, through whether it be endeavor, hard work, training through particular in-game scenarios, find a way to win quite well. I was concerned about that playoff game because I went back and watched it against the Bengals and Tannehill, he had one of his worst starts I can recall seeing. From his very first pass of the game being a pick to his very last pass of the game being a pick, um, mm. when they had the ball, 50 seconds left, the game. throws the pick at midfield and then they get in field goal range and McPherson kicks it from 50-odd. Uh, he, he came up short and small in a big moment. But don't discount how... Derek Henry was rushed back to play that game and they really, they tried to ride him, but he just was not the same guy. And the nature of his injury, the foot injury, I think he'll actually be okay. The reports Mm. are that type of injury is is quite isolated. Not Liz Frank. Okay. Um, That's bad. And as as long as they can lean on that running game and they've drafted Hassana Haskins, as Andy said, I see this team being in that same area. Unfortunately, I think other teams around them, like the Chargers, will get better. So they probably can't expect to be the number one seed again. But I actually sneaky love this defense. Their defense is mm, yes. very fun. Mm. Like you said, you've got Jeffrey Simmons, Caleb Farley, if he can stay healthy, will be very exciting to see back there. You've got Bayard, Hooker, um, Elijah Molden had a great rookie year yep, in the slot. They decided to pay all this money to Harold Landry, who even though people say maybe it's he's not worth it, if you watch that game against the Bengals, he was everywhere flying off the edge. So I um, I like this team. I like the way they're constructed and I like the way they, they're coached. So I think they will be thereabouts again. But I also think the Chargers will beat them. And that's my that's my result prediction. <laughs> just jumping right in. He's sick of talking on the on the Titans. Just Unless there's anything else down. to say, Jack, did you want uh, to say for, something? Yeah, yeah, for me, I I think, listen, you can criticise Ryan Tannehill, but I, I don't think Ryan Tannehill has ever tried to be anything that Ryan other than Ryan Tannehill. So, yeah, we can we can question him for throwing those picks and things. But, but ultimately, he's... You know, I think the whole idea is to have Ryan Tannehill and, De- and yep. you've got a perhaps a Hall of Fame running back. So, well, Jack, Jack on, on that point, we haven't actually discussed the fact that they drafted Malik Willis much. So Tannehill, there's a potential out after this season. There'd be dead cap consequences, but he's due about $37 million next year. Do you yes. think he's playing for his future in Tennessee? You know, what? how do you interpret this Malik Willis signing? Is it just to kind of... Uh, inspire Tannehill, or do you think his position's in trouble? Well, I mean, you could go down the path of saying this might be the last time with the offensive look that the Titans have here. Derek Henry, even though we say that the injury is not as serious, he becomes 30 next year, and we all know what happens to running backs when they when they hit 30. They fall off a decided cliff. So it could be the perfect time to transition. I, I don't. Malik Willis is a bizarre skill set for me in in this kind i mean he does provide i guess uh a little more physicality at the position than Ryan Tannehill but your play action being good at play action takes a experienced quarterback and Ryan Tannehill is one of those so is he is he playing for his career 
I don't think he's playing his, for his career, but he might be playing for his position in the future at, at Tennessee. Because to be honest, uh, you know, Tannehill could look pretty good at in Seattle, perhaps next year, depending on how much cap space they've got. I think he's still a very serviceable quarterback. Good yep, question, though. Same um, game. It's not bad. Yeah, Seattle, yeah not exactly. Bad. I mean, I'll, I'll roll into it as well. Hmm. I think it's going to be a challenge for Justin Herbert to play against this defense. I think it will be a, it'll be a real test of his ability to read that three four four three kind of. I know you hate it when I say this, Alistair, but the amoebic defensive front. <laughs> The amoebic defensive front. So that uh, that also I'll be looking for Justin Herbert. Especially when they know... run it. What's that? Especially when they barely run it. Well, it's, you know, as Andy said, it's that 3-4. There can be... Um, yeah, they're, they're, multi, they're a multiple defense. They're they are. Multi, yeah. Multi-dimensional. So looking for that development of Justin Herbert, I think we win this as well. Yep, me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to touch on again the um, the defensive four, the Simmons, Danico Autry as well. They really use um, Hassan Reddick and Bud Dupree well. You know, yeah. um, I think Hassan Reddick was ranked something like 78th in pass rush win percentage in quarterback dropback situations. So he relies a lot more on his moves and bend, but lacks sort of the ability to win by force. So, you know, if you've got a right tackle that can hold up the pocket, like Storm <laughs> Norton, you should be sweet, eh, bro? <laughs> Uh, I think the Chargers win this one at home. Um, but on the Malik Willis draft, I think it was a little bit of fire up Tannehill's um, backside. I don't think it was a real challenge to his his job, but who knows what will happen. Um, I just hope they don't blame his failures on an inexperienced wide receiver room when he's had such a delightful bevy at his disposal. Uh, we'll move right along. Jack hit up the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars. Jag, Jaguars. Jag fails. Jag absolute uh, car crash, car wreck. Uh, let, let it be known. Let it be known that I was correct in this prediction. I make a lot of predictions. A lot of them are wrong, but I was correct in this one. You can call I, me out too. Start set, set it up. What have I said on it, Jack? Well, there was a member of this podcast and Alistair Lloyd was thinking that Urban Meyer actually might be a really good fit for the Chargers because he's experienced, brings that head, he develops a really good culture. Man, if Urban Meyer was dancing with girls in Jacksonville, imagine what he would be doing in LA right now. My Lord, I think the whole Chargers organization would have imploded on itself. Um, Geez, them and the Spanoses would have just, him and the Spanoses would have just had exorbitant parties and things. Anyway, let's not get down that road too far but we see urban Meyer leave after one of if not the most destructive seasons on and off the field uh a, a one and done head coach could never ever seen anything like it oh never seen anything like it absolutely unbelievable and i do want to point out that when that happens at a senior leadership position such as head coach the tear the wound that occurs in an organization for all these players. And I'm not just talking about the on-field. I'm talking about the staff. I'm talking about the the physios, the doctors, uh, the, the, front, the front desk people who answer the phones. That guy had such a whirlwind personality and the way that he spoke to players, the way that he would interact with people clearly is going to take quite a long time to repair. And it's really unfortunate because you've mm. got, I mean, I, I, I wasn't, 
Trevor Lawrence, I think, is very special. I unfortunately think that he's had possibly the worst start of a player of his caliber has ever had in the NFL. So we get Doug Peterson in. Doug Peterson, you know, has obviously, you know, took the Eagles to the Super Bowl, experienced. He's probably walked into a complete shit fight, and there's no other way to say that. They've spent money in the offseason to try and fill some of those those holes. I mean, Evan Ingram, uh, one of my – I would have liked to see Fatukasi, Folorunso and Fatukasi at uh, the Chargers. I thought he's, he's a really solid defensive tackle um, from New York. But, man, there are still holes all over the field. Um, you know, Miles Jack, AJ Khan, JJ Shark, Norwell, Cullen leaves as a DC, Bevel leaves as an OC, brand new coaching staff. Man, hot mess. And unfortunately, it's still even messier because who knows what Trevon Walker is going to be. Round one, pick one. He's the high upside pick. Is he going to be what this organization needs? We're going to find out. Uh, I think Devin Lloyd at pick 27 was, I questioned as well. Um, was it really a need there? They, they went heavy at, at linebacker with Chad Moomer in the, in the third as well. Mm. So, and this gets me to my point, And I think this really shows where the Jaguars are at. Unfortunately, you get rid of Urban Meyer and you put in a quarterback coach who we know very well. Yes. Who is that useless that he can't he can't even wear a full hat. He has to wear a half hat because he's half a coach, really, and that's Mike McCoy. With half a brain. With half a brain. Half a hat. So half my a hat. Lord, my lord Trevor Lawrence, I I feel so sorry for you. I, I really do. Uh, I, I was very negative on 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 Trevor Lawrence uh, coming out, but now I just feel sorry for you. Other than that, there's not much to say. Alistair, what do you think? Yes, uh, I think we should not assume. Uh, look, any it seems that anyone who replaces Urban Meyer is going to come off smelling like roses, but we shouldn't forget that when Doug Peterson last coached a team, there was some controversy around that. Remember, there was the tanking. Mm-hmm allegation that Jalen Hurts got taken out at halftime and he for Sudfield uh Sudfield and then he ended up gone and the offense looked impotent that year the guys didn't know what they were doing Carson Wentz was still in the picture they really struggled I think it's look like you said Jack he still knows what it takes to get a team to the Super Bowl has to be somewhat of an improvement on Urban Meyer but I don't no, I th- I think this team actually has more talent than, you know, one win, two win, three wins team, uh, three win teams. They went out and spent a lot of money. I don't think it's smart money, but they definitely bolstered some of the talent on their team. And don't forget Travis Etienne missed all of the last year and it, like coming out of college at Clemson, people thought this guy was the real deal. And if they get a few bits of luck going their way, Etienne's healthy. Some of these guys like Scherf and Christian Christian Kirk and um, you know Evan Ingram and J- Zay Jones work out, and then a couple of the rookies play well on defense. Maybe they can win five or six games. Beyond that, I do not dare to venture. I think there's still a very much a work in progress. 
not a particularly young team either. They're spending lots of cash. It's not like they're in full rebuild mode. I don't know what they're really mm. doing. Um, I do not respect their GM, Trent Balky. I don't think he runs a very tight operation. So I don't have much positive to say. And I share your sentiments, Jack, that Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is uh, a figure of, of sympathy for the time being. Andy, do you have anything more positive to say about this team or is it more of the same from you? Uh, yep, positive. I, I really like the hiring of offensive coordinator Press Kelly. Uh, Press Taylor, sorry. Um, he coached under Peterson in Philly. Uh, they won the Super Bowl and then he shot off to Indianapolis, I believe. Coached under Frank Reich, uh, who we know and love. Um, and I believe that... When you see that drop off of Philadelphia after Press Taylor left, I can't help but feel that he might be the guy that just helps Peterson with the culture and the the organization just to sort of bring things back a little bit, just so this whole stint isn't another Urban Meyer shit show. Um, yeah, other points is that I think they overspent in free agency, and I I think they're almost it it, it seems like they're in sort of a a win now kind of mode. Um, they're going to end up in a draft in a cap situation that is completely undesirable just because of how much they've paid these guys. Um, yeah. They've got a quarterback who's in his rookie deal, but ultimately I think that if, um, if there's not a big improvement in Trevor Lawrence's game, I'm actually going to call it a fail by the Jags not on Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is the talent that he is and he's capable of being, he's the best guy that we've seen coming out of college in God knows how long, near perfect prospect. So I think, um, yeah, this is a big, a big year for the, the entire organization. And a lot will come down on um, uh, Trent Bulky. It's a good scheme fit for Lawrence. College familiarity and the, the sort of modern West Coast spread, uh, from the the Reed Peterson tree, so I'm going to get behind Trevor Lawrence this year. That Easter Island mm. statue looking dude, and um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that the the Chargers win this game, but I'm going to see like a six seven win season from the Jags. I think they're going to improve um, and sort of leave the Texans in the dirt. Okay, listen, I'll I'll, I'll put it like this, right? You think that having a swimming pool at a stadium is an awesome idea. And you think of it, oh, it's going to attract the fans. It's awesome. It's fantastic. It's hot down in Jacksonville. What an awesome idea. It's going to make the game day experience amazing. Trevor Lawrence, awesome. Oh, good. All these all these pieces. Oh, they're actually spending money. They're trying to help me. They got rid of that, that guy. Oh, okay. Oh, it's, it's all nice. But ultimately, in the fourth quarter, when your team's down by three touchdowns, you're standing in a pool. You smell like salt. You've got this weird, warm feeling coming up behind you. You turn around. You see Jeff, the fat guy, passed out in the pool, pissing himself, and you've got urine around your ankles. And you and you look at your beer. It's warm. It's wet. And you go, what the hell am I doing? I and paid a membership for this. You know? And that's what's going to happen to Trevor Lawrence at the end. He's going to be standing in warm piss going, I thought this was cool, but actually – this just sucks because now oh. I've got a skin rash. Oh. So listen, I see this as being a, a, a very much a win for the Chargers. I think it'll be an absolute uh, thrashing. I don't hold the positivity you have, Andy. I don't see them winning any more than four games. 
um, skin, skin rashes and uh, piss stain pools aside. What U- UTIs believe, in the pool in Dubai? <laughs> <laughs> what I think Urban Meyer's done there, um, and I think that the the impact that's going to have on Trevor Lawrence mentally, I think, is going to take quite a while to heal. Alistair. We're going to win the game. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> I don't have the, yeah, the, the, the intellectual prowess to go with a, an illusion on the UTIs or the piss stains of the pool at the time being, but we will win this game and win it comfortably. Uh, all right, I'll move on to the very last team on today's show. If you're still with us, listeners, after that, tirade from Big Jack. Last team are the Houston Texans. And uh, look, unfortunately, we don't have anywhere too much more positive to go with the Texans compared to the last team we just discussed. But this is a team that just has not covered itself in much glory recently. What they did to David Cully, I thought was atrocious. It was reprehensible. They set him up to fail and he exceeded expectations. They did like, they only won four games, but they were competitive. The team didn't give up. They beat us. Mm. Yeah, look, you had to mention it. I was still kind of dealing with that, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> and you know, they they look, they had they were in a very unfortunate position where what happened with Deshaun Watson happened. They were pretty set at that position, ready to go. You've got franchise quarterback face of the franchise. It's not easy to pivot from that scenario, but I don't like the way they're set up. There's just this. There's an air of of racism around the ownership, frankly, and the way they have kind of treated minority candidates over the years. There's a there's a stink around that. I think I even though Pep Hamilton is in the big boys chair, I don't like his prospects of hanging around very long. Mm. He's a well respected coach in the league. If you came up with a list of the ten best defensive coordinators of the past twenty years, he's in there. A head coach for a long time at the Bears, then went off to Tampa. And he originally learned under Tony Dungy back at the Bucks way back in the early 2000s when they were competing for Super Bowls. Really that kind of Tampa 2, cover 2 defensive system. He's a good coach. He is getting a bit long in the tooth, though. He's kind of an elderly statesman at this stage of his career. You've seen Pep Hamilton get promoted to OC, which Chargers fans uh, will appreciate. After yeah, he- well done, Pep. Yep. Yeah, good on you, Pep after he did well with Justin Herbert in his rookie year. Uh, there has been some movement, but not a lot of inspiring movement. So I'll put it, I'll open it up more broadly now. Andy, sell sell a story to give Texan fans hope. What what part of this team do you like? What should Texans fans be excited about? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Pep Hamilton. Uh, promoted to offensive coordinator this year. I believe that due to his broad coaching tree, pro style influenced, I believe he should be able to adapt a scheme to David Mills, a power Mm -hmm. run scheme to fit the immobile guards on the offensive line. Um, Eye formation, Mills under center, pretty average run game. But if you allow David Mills the time to process and operate within this system, I think he can execute. It might not be great, but I don't think it's going to be that crap. So that's as positive as I can get, and I can feel the ulcers in my mouth because I'm lying to myself. <laughs> I was going to say it's a very short story. It's the kind of Dave, Davis Mills high upside story with Pep Hamilton. I don't think I just called him David as well. <laughs> He's only hey, been in the league. Let me. Well, let, well, 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 let you me try. Tell you, you try, Jack. Tell let me, me tell you. 
You know You're what? Much okay. This, Let's... I'm an electrician. <laughs> I'm a teacher. I sell dreams. Um, I, uh, I, I, I <laughs> well, I either sell or ruin. It's either way. It <laughs> d- d- depends on when you get me. Um, I actually look at their draft and go, you know what? There are, I, I really like it. I, I love the Derek Stingley pick. I think he's a culture changer. I really like the Kenyon Green pick. It was he and Zion Johnson yep. were sort of boying for that. Uh, who's who's the better guard in in in, the, in that draft class? I personally, and I know that both of you did, really really liked uh, Jalen Petre or Pitra at safety. Petrie. He's that he's that do it all gadget kind. Of, I think that's a really really clever pick. All those guys should start. All those guys should come in and make an impact. It's, it was really, really sad to hear this week um, that John Mechie uh, has come down. I think, was it leukemia? Lymphoma, that- I think. Lymphoma? Leukemia. Yeah, lymphoma. Leukemia. No. Leukemia. Yeah, so um, obviously our, the, the best wishes go out to John Mechie uh, because he was another one of those, you know, those those wide receivers, those gadgety wide receivers fast um, that, that could have been really fun for Davis Mills to throw to. And then you get into Christian Harrison and, and Damian Pierce, Alistair. I know that uh, you and mm. I had a couple of conversations about him being that sort of that, um, that could have been a really good compliment to perhaps Austin Eckler uh, in, in certain ways. So when I look at that, I go, you know what? They've they've made all the correct picks there. Davis it's like Mills. a great draft. It could be a great, yeah. great draft on paper. Mm. I, I yeah. well, I think I think you've got three in, in your, your first three picks there. I think you could have Derek Stingley has the capability to be a, a pro bowler. Uh, Kenyon Green uh, and you know if he's in any ilk the same as Zion Johnson could could have that caliber and and Petre and and Mechie if he gets healthy and Pierce. So uh, I think from a macro position and a team building position, I think they've done all right there. Yep. Well done. I agree 100%. It's a good point. I rate that. Don't have a whole lot more to say about this team. I still think they're a work in progress. And it, it if you look at the roster, it does look like a kind of 32nd team in the league type of roster for the most part. Mm. They have real problems up front on the defensive side of the ball. There is just a dearth of talent on offense at the skill positions. It's really Brandon Cook and then nothing. So, yeah, I think they're in it. The, see, they're... I'd rather support the Texans doing this than the Jags, what they're doing at the moment. Because at least here you can see, wow, smart smart draft picks. Yeah. They're not trying to spend in free agency. Look at their incoming free agents. They're really um, kind of lunch pail guys who are just in to cash a check and then might not be in the team for a year's, in a year's time. If you look at what the Jags have done by contrast, that they're in this weird, are we trying to win? Why are we paying mm. top top of the market for Christian Kirk? Nick Casario here has gone, okay, we need it. This is a two to three year rebuild. Davis Mills earned a second year to see if he can play at this level. And in the meantime, we're going to be very smart with how we draft. So I think it's a step in the right direction for Texans fans. You're going to have to be patient. They're probably a four win team this year, but they're slowly building to be competitive in 2024. Yeah. Yeah. The upside, the upside's, brighter i think than it is in jacksonville for for these guys um exactly you know great point they drafted well you look to the future i looked for positives for this year and jack i think you nailed it man um the, the future does look pretty good in in houston they've got a lot of cultural issues to to deal with and a lot of sort of bad water to wash out um but fuck jacksonville are a, a joke so I, th- I think you're right i think this is going to be pretty tough for the texans again um Four, five wins, four. I think four is almost generous. Um, but this year is not one of those wins will be against the Chargers. I, 
I, I pray tell that. We are going to win this game against the, the Texans. And for me, we're going to sweep the AFC South. Nice Ooh. one. Nice. Um, I, I think we win this game too. And I think this game gets very ugly for the Texans. I think Brandon Staley will want, to, will want to come out and kill the Texans and mm. absolutely destroy them. So if I was a Texans fan, I'd be very, very worried for the health of Davis Mills' tibia because I feel like Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack will come out and absolutely do some damage. So, yeah, I'm saying we win this oh, game too. In a statement win. Absolutely. In a statement win. A statement yeah, win. It has it's to be. It's, we play them early it, on, what, week four or week three or something? Yeah, week four. Uh, it, again, it's at Houston. So, to your point, Jack, it's making amends. It's retribution. It's uh, all of the above. Absolution. And uh, Chargers win and sweep the AFC South because I've predicted wins against all those teams like you have, Andy. And nice. I think that's that's uh, that's it. That's the end yeah, of our um, two divisions for this week. Right divisions. on. Well, I went seven and one in the win loss column from these two Ooh. divisions. I think we'll we'll get done by the Rams, but uh, I'm confident that we'll we'll knock them off. What did you guys have out of interest? Have oh, geez, I, I can't copy remember. A yeah, I've got uh, two losses, I think. Yeah, loss, losses to the Niners, Niners and the Rams. Yep. Uh, wow. Have I gone eight and zero? Because I think I may have. I said, I said <laughs> we're being it. the Colts. No, I said we'll lose to – I think I, – listen, I could be wrong. I can't remember, but just I'm going through it now, and I said we'll probably lose to Tennessee. Tell us in uh, the comments. Is Jack speaking yeah, to you? Yeah, yeah. Am <laughs> well, I? Or I've picked eight and zero, and let's go Chargers. Fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'd love that. Eight and zero against uh, these two divisions would be pretty sweet. Well, it was good to get back to sort of the analyzing of other teams just for a bit of fun, just to sort of see what we're coming up against. Um, we've knocked off the NFC West. We've knocked off the AFC South. Next week, we'll be looking at our divisional rivals and obviously getting real stuck into those three teams. And then the other three teams that we play, the Browns, the Dolphins, and the Falcons to wrap up. Our opponent series, it's been awesome having you guys with us. Please, in the comments below, tell us what you think. Are there any big matchups that you're looking forward to see? Any any results that you disagree with? Are we going to go 8-0 in these eight games? Wouldn't that be a treat? Well, guys, until next time, you can find us at TDU underscore charges or on either of our personal handles, Andy, Jack, or Alistair. Like I said, it's been great to have you with us. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much. See you guys. See you later.